Living Hope. Living Hope. Uh, let me just reiterate, you don't want to miss next week. We've been doing vision here and there. Today's not necessarily a part of our vision, but next week is we have a vision to show the compassion of Christ to the hurting, hopeless, and needy uh, through action. And so uh, you want to be here for that day. It's going to be awesome. Don't miss that. Today I want to talk to you about living hope. Ecclesiastes says this, I believe it's 9-4. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. I love the Bible. I mean, it just makes so much sense. You know, and if, you, if you're new to the Lord or... You, you, you say, you know what, I don't read the Bible because I can't understand it. Anyone can understand that, right? But the part I want to focus on there, anyone who is among the living has hope. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. If you're here today and there's breath in your body, you have hope. Now, you can choose to have hope. You can choose to give up. You can choose to keep going. But my Bible says anyone who is among the living has hope. And so this message here, and that's in the Old Testament. We've learned anytime we look at the Old Testament, we look at it through a New Testament lens. Peter talks about, in 1 Peter, he talks about a living hope. And so let's, let's turn there, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. I'll give you a second if you have your Bible or your tablet, or if you want to follow along on the screen, that's great. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, talking about a living hope today. Peter says this, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Verse 7, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Verse 9, For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that in your word we find that faith. We find that hope. We find your love. And God, today, help us to understand that living hope to an extent that it changes us from the inside out so that we can be a change agent in the community, in the arena that you've placed us in. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so maybe you're here today, and, you, and let's talk about a living hope for just a moment. Obviously, Peter's talking to saints there. Peter's talking to people who know Jesus Christ, but he's also painting a picture for someone on the outside looking in, going, what is Christianity really about? And so if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, objectively sit back and look at what Peter is saying to us in verses 3 through 9 in the first book of 1 Peter. And so, so let's get this going. Number one. Hope is alive in mercy, talking about a living hope. 1 Peter 1.3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Through his great hope is alive in mercy. Mercy defined is kindness shown and forgiveness of one who deserves punishment. That's what Webster says about mercy. And so we see God in God's great mercy. Praise be to God and Father. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth. Look at this next scripture. I believe it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So back to the point, living hope. Hope is alive in mercy. So through what God did for us in Jesus Christ, through his great mercy, we've been given a new birth into what? A living hope. You guys with me? All right, just making sure we're in the same room. We've been given, we've been given a, a new birth into a living hope. This hope is alive. It's alive in us through what God did for us by sending us his only son. And then not only sending Jesus to this earth, resurrecting him. We talked a lot about the resurrection two weeks ago. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Through that, we are given a new birth into a living hope that makes us into a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, that produces in our everyday life quite a quandary. Is that, did I say that right? Okay, good. Such a hard word for me to say. So, so let's view it like this. The old is gone, the new has come. In God's eyes, no longer does he see us in our sin-ridden state. He sees us through what Jesus Christ has done for us. In our everyday life, we have to walk this new life out, this new birth, and the only way we can do that is through a living hope. And so life, life happens, but as we're sanctified and we go through that, that discipleship and as we walk with the Lord and we get to know the Lord better, the old gets further and further away in our everyday life and the new becomes newer and newer and newer. You know what I'm saying? So, so um, uh, the, the illustration I've used a hundred times, uh, but it's the best one I can think of because I'm dull like that. But how many, how many of you have gotten a new car lately? Good for you. I love new cars, right? I mean, sometimes I'm tempted to just go and stop at a car lot and pretend like I'm going to buy a car. Just first of all, because I want to hear the guy tell a bunch of lies. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. If you sell cars, I know you're just, I'm just kidding. But the smell, the smell, the smell of a new car is amazing, isn't it? It's, It's intoxicating. It's wonderful. It goes away. And we all know that. It goes away, especially when you have kids. They need to sell car seats with a funk. They just need to go ahead and put the funk in the car seat. Right? This one's, this one's McDonald French fry funk. <laughs> this one's lollipop funk. This one's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, But anyway, but so every day of our life, the only way that we can keep walking in that new birth and in that new life is through a living hope. And the only way that we experience that living hope is through the great mercy, the great mercy of our God, the Father of Lord and Jesus. Number two, hope is alive in heaven. 1 Peter 1.4 now, now we move from the resurrection of the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. 
Matthew 6, 20 says it like this. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So this living hope, this living hope is is a hope that not is only for today, it's for eternity. Not only am I living in hope today in my everyday life, the old is gone, the new has come. I'm living in that hope and that living hope is pulling me towards eternity to an eternity with God in a heaven that he's created for me. And so as I'm serving God, as I'm loving God, as I'm operating in this living hope, I'm laying up in heaven treasures where malt and rust cannot destroy if you, if you live beachside or close to the ocean or even, even across the bridge, you know about rust, don't you? Man, I first moved here 10 years ago. I moved here and I had primo fishing stuff. I'm serious. Primo fishing stuff. I love to fish. I love to hunt. I had some pretty unbelievable shotguns. Now, whatever your take on that is, that's up to you, right? All right. I like to hunt. If you don't, that's up to you. I'm not going to make you go. Okay, let me move on. Yeah. But if you want to go, I'll take you. Okay. But, but, and so, so my son was about eight years old when we moved here. But all of my fishing stuff were for like fish like bass and crappie and brim. And, and, and the water was fresh water. And so never once did it ever occur to me back home to wash a fishing rod off after I used it. And I'm talking about a lot of money. And never once did it occur to me to take the gun completely apart after hunting. You just clean it and do your deal and spray it down. Man, we started fishing in the river. And like three or four times into it, I remember one morning we get up to go out fishing and man, we got our stuff ready. And my son's like, a, he's eight or nine years old. An eight or nine year little boy that is getting to go fishing the next day. I mean, that's, that's hope, right? That's hope right there. That, that is hope, hope. And, um, so, and that never goes away for all of us, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, so we get out and we get to this favorite redfish spot. And we pick, I pick up one of the poles and I, I go to throw it. I was like, what's wrong with this thing? And I, I go to mess with it. <laughs> the thing that came right off. So Dylan, about 10 minutes later, Dad, something's wrong with this pole. I'm not kidding you. All four of them decided to decompose at the same exact time. I'm like, what's going on here? It was the salt water. And it had completely destroyed. The first duck season we hunted here, um, Dylan's shotgun, and and of course, if you've got a son, I blamed all the fishing poles on him. (laughs) Right? I'm looking at him going, you didn't know you were supposed to wash those? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm going, what in the world just happened? Anyway, this verse is saying, look, lay up for yourselves. This living hope helps us lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. One one, uh, version says vermin. And that word vermin is like lice or mosquitoes. Are, are insects that just bother you and eat away at you like a canker worm. Now, I know no one's in, the, in this room's ever had lice. <laughs> I don't know what the deal with this. I mean, like, yeah, everybody's like, I've never had lice. Yes, it happens. It's terrible. Bed bugs. Ah! It's, it's terrible. All that stuff is just terrible. 
And, and, and that's what the scripture, that's what Matthew's trying to tell us right here. Look, there, there are tra- as you live in this living hope and you hope for the day of heaven, you're, you're storing up treasures in heaven where neither malt nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and still, In other words, as I'm laying up treasures in heaven, there's nothing that can touch that. Nothing, nothing that happens here on this earth can affect what's, what the inheritance that I have in putting my faith in Jesus Christ. So there's hope in heaven. Heaven's a real place, such as hell. And so there's hope in heaven. Number three, you guys still with me? Living hope, hope is alive and active through faith. First Peter 1.5, now he's tracking He says, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So we have this idea of through his great mercy, we have a living hope. And in this living hope, the old is gone, the new has come. We have an inheritance set up for us in heaven. And now who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. If you'll notice throughout this passage today, you'll see faith, you'll see hope, and you'll see love that are birthed out of God's great mercy. So what Hebrews 11.1 1 says it like this. Is, is that up there, the next, next one? Now faith is confidence in what we, say that word, hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So go back to the point, hope is alive and active through faith. Now we're laying up an inheritance in heaven, but if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, we we're not in heaven yet, right? Because in heaven, there are no bills and we all get a new car. Heaven smells like a new car. So, so Peter's saying, look, so you're, you're shielded. How are we shielded? In this living hope, we're shielded by faith. Through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Come on, expand your knowledge right here. Learn something and let's think about we're, we're coming from eternity in heaven back down to this earth, yet living with a, a heavenly mindset, but being, being still on this earth. And on this earth, things happen, don't they? But yet, so while we're here, until salvation comes, until Jesus Christ is revealed in the last days, we have, we, we are, we're still alive on this earth. And so now watch this. This is a shield. All right? Now, this is a shield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So I, I'm going to get shot with golf balls. Now, if you don't like loud sounds, I'm giving you an opportunity right now. Put your fingers in your ears if you don't like loud sounds. I don't want to eat emails. No emails. I'm telling you right now, if you do not like loud sounds. So, so here I am. I know I'm, I'm living hope is alive in me. And, and I, but yet, I've got to get up on Monday morning. Living hope is alive in me, and, I, and I'm storing up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. But I, got, I have a boss. I've got bills, life leaks, things come out of nowhere. And what Peter is saying right here, 
through his great mercy, we have a new birth. You're storing up treasures, but in the meantime, you are shielded by God's faith. The armor of God, the shield of faith. You are shielded by God's faith. And so when I, when I wake up on Monday morning and the residue of God's presence of Sunday has gone away and I read my Bible and I get about my day, and, and I know you want to go first, so go ahead. Hey, oh, 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 you wanted to go first. <laughs> go ahead. So I go about my day. Yep, yep. All right. So I go about my day and worry or fear or, you know, cutbacks at work or certain things may happen. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. And so if I'm not careful and I don't have the shield of faith around me, my hope can begin to diminish. How does hope diminish? Hope diminishes when we put it in the wrong place. Hope and faith, hope and faith, hope and faith. Faith shields me, but what allows faith to shield me is my hope in God, my hope in Jesus. So we all have those days where things come at us, you know, boom, that kind of, ah, but I I took care. But what about those days when, when all hell breaks loose? Anybody have one of those this week, this month, where everything just goes, and then even the same people in your life are acting insane. And all the wives said, amen. All right, so now, now what happens? I got to keep that shield on. Go ahead, go ahead, I dare you. Now, I heard that. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Bam. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> she picked up that gun. Silly illustration just to illustrate the point that if I have hope, my hope and faith are working in tandem and through this living hope, I have an opportunity to have that shield of faith. And as that shield of faith protects me from the things of this world that could try to bring me down and, and rob me of my hope, hope is the, it's the oxygen of the human soul and a life without hope is terrible. But if you're alive in this room right now, Ecclesiastes 9.4 says, if all there's hope, for you. If you're breathing, there's hope for you today. No matter what life is throwing your way, no matter how situations may look in your life right now, do not let go of hope because in that living hope, we are shielded by faith, by God's power until Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, until God the Father says, it's time, go get my children. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, the shield of faith that helps us to walk out everyday life no matter what comes our way. Now watch this. This is what the enemy wants us to do. This is just getting to be too much. That's right. That's what I thought. I'm unprotected when I quit. I'm unprotected. And so here, here's the idea, and there's a whole other thing I could go in, into there, and I just don't have time. We are, through a living hope, shielded by God's power, by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed 
in the last time. Hope is alive and active through faith. This is another one of those passages where if you've got someone in your life that, that doesn't know Jesus but is very interested in Jesus, this is another one of those passages you want to read and read and read and read again and read again and read again. It's kind of like the message that Peter gave at Cornelius' house that we talked about earlier uh, this month. Read it, read it, read it, read again. Well, how are you so hopeful? Well, let me show you. How do you handle life so well? How come you're not whining all the time like the rest of the people that I know? Well, because I've got this shield of faith. I've got this hope in eternity. And while I know I'm headed to eternity, I also realize I'm still on, on this planet. Don't, don't buy into any, any, any kind of religion that is so uh, heavenly minded that it's no earthly good. Right? I know people who are just already in heaven in their mind. And it's like, hey, woo. Yeah, we're called to work, called to toll, we're called to have faith. And through that faith, we're protected. So hope is alive and active through our faith. And then going back to Hebrews 11, let's read it one more time, 11.1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We can't see heaven yet. However, we know that we're shielded by God's power through faith. Number four, hope is alive in suffering. This is a tough one right here. See, because just because I'm ultimately protected through my faith from life, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be shot at. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to go through things in my life that aren't fun. It doesn't mean that sometimes I may get a bad report from the doctor. It doesn't mean sometimes that... that that things that I thought in my family that I thought would never happen would happen. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to worry or fear. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to have cause to do those things. But it does mean that I'm shielded from those. And in the middle of the storm, I can have hope. Hope is alive in suffering. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. In all this, you greatly rejoice. So up to this point, this is awesome, right? This is good stuff. Had we stopped at verse 5, we, we could, you can go on TV with that message. Just stop at verse 5. Just stop right there because up until then, man, great mercy. You can do, really do whatever you want to because of God's great mercy. And look, you've got an inheritance in heaven and, and you're shielded by God's faith. You're never going to have any problems. And, and we can even read the first part of verse 6. And in this, Peter says, we greatly rejoice. And we do. Amen. It's awesome. But Peter's telling the truth here, so, and that's the word of God, and so you can't stop there. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold. Your faith is of greater worth than gold. You can have all the gold the world offers, but if you have not faith, in God, what do you have? Of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, yes, there's an inheritance laid up. Hope is alive in heaven, but we're still on earth. And yes, you are shielded through faith by God's power, but there are gonna, you're going to, life leaks. 
Romans 5 is one of Romans 5, 1 through 5 is life passage for me. Any, more, any guys in here that know me know that this is, this is a life passage and we talk about it a lot here at Coastline. It says this, Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the, say that word with me, hope of the glory of God. Now, stop right there and we can all cheer again. Yes, awesome, amen. Verse three, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Hope is alive in suffering. We just got through reading the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And so if I never have to go through anything, then I never really get tough in any area of my life. I, I never learn how to overcome. I never learn how to persevere. My bandwidth of life kind of gets cramped into this little box because I've, I've, they call it the silver spoon syndrome. I've never had to work for anything. I've never had to suffer in any area of my life. It's always been given to me. Anybody ever, ever known somebody like in, in high school when you were a kid or, or in, in, in their, their parents were very, 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 very wealthy and they never had to do anything and they never had to do. And you know, all their parents spoiled them and the teacher was always wrong and the coach was always wrong. Anybody no kids like that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Did you like them? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and really, that has nothing with having a lot of money because I've got a few friends that have tons of money and their children are very well behaved. But, anyway, but, but some, if you never have to go through anything, you're never going to have to learn how to persevere in anything. If you, and so your faith doesn't grow. So suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character. And again, I love being around people who are older than I am, who have gone through life to a different level of, than I have gone through. I love sitting and talking. And let me just give, give some of you uh, a, a word of wisdom here. Some of you younger guys in this room that are blessed enough ha- to have older godly men in your life. Shut up and listen. God gave you two, two ears and one mouth. You don't have to know everything when you get around someone who knows more than you. You don't even have to prove you know anything. They already know you don't know anything. Listen, get those people around you in your life. And and I love being around those people because it's produced perseverance and perseverance through suffering has then produced this character of faith, this character that says you can make it, this character that says don't lose. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And hope does not, one version says, I believe it's King James, and hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. And I'm telling you, you go through things and, 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 and you, you have a victory, then you have a defeat, or you have a victory, you have a defeat, or you have a victory, and you're tempted to give up hope. You say, no, as long as I don't give up hope, I'm shielded by God's power. I'm shielded every day from those things. Am I, I'm shielded from that. I'm shielded from those thoughts that try to enter in. Because, And I know I'm going to go through some suffering, but suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces, and through character, we have hope. See, when you get around 
someone who's been through suffering and has persevered and not lost hope, there's a character about them that brings hope to your situation. That's, that's what this Christianity thing's about, iron sharpening iron. And so now we wind up at hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So hope is alive in mercy through his great mercy. We've been given an inheritance. Hope is alive in inheritance uh, in heaven. Hope is alive and active through faith, but hope is alive in suffering. So slow it down a minute. Slow it down for a second. What are you going through today? And has that situation tempted you to lose hope? Hope and faith, hope and faith, hope and faith. Faith being the things that, you know, we know are there. We can't see them, but we know they're there. Can I just encourage you today? Can I encourage you? Don't lose hope. Keep hoping, keep hoping, keep believing. Keep hoping for that marriage. Keep hoping for that business. Keep hoping for that son. Keep hoping for that daughter. Keep hoping for that loved one. Keep hoping. You don't lose hope because hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not disappoint. Yeah, there, there, there is suffering, but there's hope in suffering because the end product of the, the evaluation of what Paul is saying right here is, yeah, there's suffering, but it's perseverance. And you, once you persevere through that, you're going to have a character, and that character is going to produce hope, and hope does not disappoint. It does not put us to shame. So keep hoping. Keep hoping. Do you feel like you can't hope anymore? Get someone around you that can hope for you. But keep hoping. Good? Last thing, number five. Hope is alive in love. So we've talked, and I love how through a lot of these passages in Peter, you'll see faith, hope, and love pop up in the same many sermons that he's given. It's, it's awesome. So, so you, you know, hope is alive in love. First Peter 1, 8 through 9, though you have not seen him, I love this, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Man, praise God. And that's what I was saying. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, this is an awesome passage. It's for you. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, this is an awesome passage. It's for you. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You might say, Jason, I don't know how to love God. I don't know how to love something I can't see. I don't, I've not, I've not got my mind around how how, how really, really, how does this happen? Well, if you look at 1 John, I believe it's chapter 4, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. A.W. Tozer says this, God is love and is for that reason the source of all the love there is. He has set us as first of all this as the first of his commandments that we love him with all of our hearts 
but he knows that the desired love can never originate with us. We love him because he first loved us is the scriptural and psychological pattern that we learn in the Bible. The only way that we can love is because he first loved us. Even though, even though we have not seen him, we love him. That's faith. There, there's a picture coming up on the screen right here. That's my grandson. Yeah. That's my grandson. Watch this. I loved him before I saw him. I loved him as I watched my little girl get fat. Now, so, so that, is, that is for us in this room who have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Even though Peter said, even though you've not seen him, you love him. Now let's reverse roles. This is Jack Isaiah. Jack don't know me from Adam. I'd like to think he does. And I, I say all kinds of crazy things to him when I'm with him. But he doesn't know me. He doesn't have the capacity to know me just yet. But one day he will know me in full. So look at this other picture. And then we're going to come back to Jack because Jack's a lot cuter. Dylan doesn't listen to my sermons online, so I can say that. This is my son, Dylan. Now, Dylan is at the age where he knows me. Dylan Dylan would know me because we have a relationship. Now, go back to Jack, because again, he is cuter. Jack, so, so maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you're like little Jack. And, and you just, up until this point, you just don't really understand how all this works. Well, just as I love Jack, and even though he doesn't really know me, I love him. I love him so much, I would take a bullet for him. I would die for him. He doesn't know me, but I know him, and I pray for him, and I would step in front of a truck for him. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. Praise be to God, the Father, the Lord of our Jesus, uh, the Lord of Jesus Christ, in His great mercy, gave us a new birth into this living hope. See, God sees you right where you're sitting today, and, and if, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ and never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God still looks upon you like I look at Jack. <laughs> It's amazing the kids even learn to speak, isn't it? Because God, that's how God sees you. God's not mad at you. I, we, we've gotten to babysit Jack once so far. He's only a month old, a little bit more than a month. We got to keep him for like two and a half hours. It was awesome. But he pooped his diaper like 15 times. Do you think for one minute that we got mad at Jack? One minute. Raina was stoked. I was stoked that she was stoked. She said, let me have that. I'm like, that's, that's, that's cool. That's good. I'm totally, absolutely fine with that. But you know, God's not mad at you because maybe you've messed up 
proverbial diaper of life. I could say it another way, but I would get a bunch of emails. God's not not mad at you because you've got things going on in your life that you, you feel like through some weird way that you've heard somebody that said they were a Christian say that God's mad at you and hates you because you feel a certain way or you're, you, you act a certain way or, or no, 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 no. He looks at you like I'm looking at that picture right now because I would rather be holding him besides being here. And that's, that's how God feels about you. So much so that in his great mercy, in his great mercy, he sent his only son, his only son to die for us. And through his power, Jesus Christ was resurrected. And through that resurrection, we've been given a new birth into a living hope. We have an inheritance waiting on us in heaven. We're shielded by God's power. And yes, we will have to go through some things. Just because you're going through hell on earth right now does not mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't. Perhaps it means he's trying to build some character so that you can bring hope to someone else. But back to, back to those of us in this room right now who may not know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. He wants to hold you. He wants to, to embrace you. He wants to say, you are, you're destined to be my child. You're destined to spend eternity with me. And he went all the way to show the greatest of all love. For no greater love hath any man than than he that would lay down his life for another. Wow. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. Would you bow your head all over this place? Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you and you're sitting here right now and you say, you know what, Jason, that's me. I I am in that place where I could honestly say I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I don't have a lot of hope today because I've been putting my hope in, in things of this world and they've let me down. Well, I'm just here to tell you today and this church exists to tell you that Jesus Christ will not let you down. So if you're here and you say, you know what? I need to be saved. I need to know Jesus. I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need a change. I need new hope. Again, I go back to that statement. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. Maybe you need a deep breath today of hope and that hope comes through Jesus Christ. The great mercy. That which would, would, that forgiveness where we should have been dealt with harshly, yet we were dealt with gently with forgiveness if you need that forgiveness today is your day if you need that forgiveness in your life we want to pray with you and get you some stuff that will help you on this journey but right now nobody's moving around unless you have to your head's bowed all eyes are closed say Jason that's me I'm ready to give my life to Jesus Christ I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus I need hope in my life and I realize today that hope is Jesus would you just slip your hand up long enough for me I see your hand I see your hand you can put it right back down that's awesome Anyone else? Said, today's my day. Been thinking about this long enough. Today's my day. I'm ready for that fresh hope, that new hope. Anyone else? I see your hand. Thank you. 
raised your hand, I want to pray with you. And when we're done with service today, either come up to this table under the screen or out to the tent. We want to get you a Bible. We want to get you a devotion. Please, please do that. It's so important. But right now, if you raised your hand right where you're sitting in this moment, let's pray together. And just open your heart. Pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your great mercy. And right now, I'm taking full advantage of that mercy, which brings forgiveness. So in this moment, in this very moment, I'm confessing in my heart and I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe they placed him in a grave and I believe, God, I believe your power rose, uh, rose him from that grave and he's alive today and he's coming back for me one day. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you that the old is going away and the new is coming as 2 Corinthians 5.17 has taught us today. Help me to walk this new living hope out, God. Put people around me that'll help me in this journey. But most of all in this moment, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name.